Wow, what a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s. A time of AMRAs and clamshells. A time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs. A time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of Blockbuster Video. The Walmart of the video rental industry. The mom and pop video store killer. The corporate big choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now, aside from parody Twitter accounts. By the way, The Last Lonely Blockbuster is amazing and you should be following them. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars, who are in the know, arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Talkbuster podcast. As always, I'm Chris Chipman, um, the Chippa on Twitter. Um, and uh, the host also of the Chipman Brothers Tangent, Shooting the Shit with Chippa, and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility with my wife, Sarah. Um, Bringing back um, my friend Paul from episode two of the Talkbuster podcast um, to continue on with our discussion. We had to realize that we had more than an hour, hour and a half's worth of stories and figured we'd continue on with you here. So uh, without further ado, Paul, how you doing, buddy? No, I'm good. How are you, Chippa? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Um, so Paul's all the way up in uh, the lonesome town of Keene, New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about that the last time, but that's where they filmed Jumanji. Yes, they did. We actually still have the mural from the shoe. The Parish. The Parish family. The shoes. Yeah. Um, yeah and and I f- that's a cool... I little... always thought the, um, the place next door was actually like a fake barbershop. It turned out to actually be a real barbershop. It only took me like six years to figure that out. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. And uh, so that's a cool tie-in because our last episode of Creating Geeks um, that's on the web right now, um, we have one on deck getting ready to release, was about Jumanji and the new one. Have you seen the new one? No, I have not. It, so it takes place in the same town, but I don't think they filmed it in Keene. No, um, they definitely didn't. After the riot, are you kidding me? <laughs> but I highly recommend uh, checking it out if you haven't seen it. It's, it's really cool. Um, they basically, do you know anything about it? No, I don't. So to check this out, they take um, the concept of Jumanji, and then the game basically in the 90s gets bored because no one's playing old board games anymore, so it can't get any you know kids or people to trick into playing the game to suck them in. Mm-hmm. So it rebrands itself as like a Genesis or SNES era video game. Oh, my God. And so these kids in the... So it sucks a kid in in the 90s. And then these kids are, like, stuck in detention, like, breakfast club style and have to clean an old room in this high school. And they find the game. And they pick the characters based on how cool they sound. And the kids... You've you've got the geeky kid, the jock, 
um, the super popular girl and the geeky girl. And the super popular girl turns into Jack Black in the game. Oh my god. And so you have Jack Black playing a teenage girl, and it's actually genius. The jock, <laughs> the jock, like, big, tall, like, football, basketball player, um, black kid, becomes Kevin Hart. So okay. Wick, so wicked short. <laughs> and and his, his, like, skills, because they all get, you know, like, video game stats, are, are being slow and lacking charisma, and his weakness is pie or cake. Oh my god. So, and then, um... The wicked nerdy kid becomes the rock. <laughs> and then the really nerdy girl becomes Catherine Gillen and she looks like Lara Croft from Tomb Raider. Oh like my God. she's like, Why am I dressed like this? And like, is it's a video game from the nineties? <laughs> 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 it's it's really, really cleverly done and you, you should check it out. It's 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 awesome. I uh, will. I'll see it when I get a chance. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. So uh, oh yeah, so back to the world of blockbusters. So last we left our uh our very loyal listeners off. Um, we had just gone through the, uh, I don't know if, I think we referred to this person as manager X oh, had boy. been padding tills. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, that was about the time that you left the company, um, for that and other reasons. But, um, you know, I figured maybe as part of this too, we could talk about maybe a couple of the other, uh, retail jobs that were similarly themed you had after but i wanted to go back to we talked about a guy and we're not going to use last names especially if they don't have a chance to come on here and rebut but i don't even remember his last name but but you had talked about um <laughs> you had talked about a jeff who had worked for us who was kind of a misunderstood kid kind of a little, little bit of a pain in the butt um but he didn't deserve the crap that he got either from this person patting his and my tills um mm-hmm. but we have a story, and I don't know. I, I know that you were one of the acting managers during the meeting <laughs> when this story happened. So, um, for, yes. first of all, I'll, I'll uh, in, in his voice, I'll say, "Hey, Paul, why don't you go and tell me the story about that thing I did?" <laughs> you know, I gotta say that he didn't really sound like that, but <laughs> he did sometimes, um, dude. A little bit, a little bit. So um, he, oof. So he was driving like a white Ford Bronco. Yes, he was an OJ Bronco. There was Bronco. no slow. There was no slow, you know, motor chase for this one. But he decided to get the world's most ridiculous lift kit. I do remember that. So he had the ultimate redneck mobile, um, which is kind of funny because I, I don't see that many of them up here, and I live where there be you know dragons and rednecks. Um, anyhow. So he came into the meeting, and we had, I think it was the direct TV meeting, actually. Which is funny, because um, I was doing a little bit of reading. Direct TV bought Blockbuster. It was Dish Network. Yeah, Dish, uh, whatever. They might, be, <laughs> they might be the same entity now, I don't know. I think they are. But um, anyways, we had that meeting, and they were going to put in a kiosk, and we were talking about sales, and we got, like, what, 20 bucks for each one or whatever. And um, Jeff... Decided to be a macho man and pull out real quick of the parking lot. Yeah, not, and, not, not, uh, like, not like a couch. Not, not like a couch. So he hops in his truck and he goes to back it up. His truck needed a little bit of work, however. And um, the steering wasn't as responsive as it could have been. So when he gassed that thing up, he hit a cart. And the cart goes across the parking lot at breakneck speed as we're all standing outside watching this in horror. It hits a Mercedes, a nice little white Mercedes. It was the manager of quality cuts. It was the manager of quality cuts. 
And um, it hits right at the nice silver door lift trim, which then just falls to the ground. Just immediately, like, clink, flash. And um, we're all kind of staring at it, and he's looking at it, and he's like, uh... And I believe, I believe Scott looked at him and said, you're not going to drive off. He's like, well, I'm like, you're going to fucking go in there. Well, no, what <laughs> was crazier is he, he comes running back into the store. And yeah. he's still got his Blockbuster shirt on because <laughs> because um yes. this was a store meeting. This was like 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. And we and didn't take goes, it off, didn't we? He goes, should I do something? And Scott goes, I well, think first... that was that was kind of like, uh... So what was crazy is... I believe is... I saw it outside and I just walked into the store. I'm like, I'm out. So what was crazy <laughs> is the the this parking lot had an island in the front of it. That separated it from Trader's Way, which was the main roadway that kind of went in between the Shaw's Plaza and our plaza. And um, so it was raised up a good five, six feet. So he was pulling out to the left and took a really sharp left-hand turn and came down this island and swerved to get out of the way of one of the, you know, the trees to make it look like, you know, it isn't pavement and mm-hmm. why there was a shopping cart there, I'll never know. Yeah, because <laughs> and, if you think about it, it was us, and it was like quality cuts, and and Sherwin Williams store? paints. No, it was Sherwin no, Williams right? paints. No, right. So none of those places need any kind of carts. No, I think it was from Shaw's, or it could have been it from was. Caldor. Oh, maybe. Oh God, Caldor doesn't exist. It it's wasn't Target. It's time. a Target now. The Caldor was there still. Yeah, there was no Caldor when we were working. There, I'm man. pretty. I'm pretty sure. Oh, or maybe the Caldor had been closed. It was but the Kmart. Caldor. It was Kmart. Maybe. I think it was Maybe. Kmart, because Caldor had closed back in the 80s. I remember their brown and orange rainbow. Ugh. Oh. <sighs> the thing looked like someone's grandmother's basement in the 60s. Actually, it 70s. matched my grandmother's rug. It was this amazing uh, shag carpet of brown, and and it looked like vomit, actually, if you looked at it the wrong way. But it was it was fluffy, and it was from the 70s. So. Oh, Caldor. I'm sure it's made of asbestos. So, <laughs> Cal- yeah, um, I think all of Caldor was made of asbestos. Now that yes. you it. So, unfortunately, Je- you know, Jeff had to go running into the beauty parlor next door and be like, hey, I broke your car. She was actually super cool about <laughs> she it. She was really cool about it. You know, it's funny because that was, um, I think earlier in that week, I had come in to go around the island... And the island was kind of shaped like a, almost like a U, you know, like very long at the bottom, but, you know, the little safety barriers. And someone was backing their car up, and as I was going in, they, they looked at me, and they, they looked directly at my car, and they saw me, and I pulled around, and they backed directly into my car. They hit my wheel well. <laughs> and um, I stopped my car, I got out of the car, the woman didn't even notice. She was still backing her car out, going on her merry way, and I knocked on her driver's side window, and I'm like, are you okay? Um, Because I heard that's what you're supposed to say when someone hits you. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, you know, it was one of those, like, you know, we didn't really have that many car accidents there. Um, We have the accidental cars, that was, that was so crates uh-huh. <laughs> i don't think you ever did you ever meet socrates oh yeah the the i bought the car with the f- four yes on it. yeah so um i i i met socrates and jeremy looked at me and goes we call him socrates i'm like why he's like because karen called him so yeah, look, i'm like all right look, look, look in the goes, look in the, the father of all knowledge socrates. is a short dominican <laughs> a short dominican stoner and i'm like okay i still get so, high yeah, he bought a car he really liked his car and he's like he's raving out the car and everybody goes out and looks at the car and 
It's got four temporary tires on it. <laughs> We're like, hey, Socrates, those are all donuts, man. Poor Socrates. Yeah, but he got new tires. It was a good car last week. It, it was actually a good car. It was a good car. Um, Jesus, those were those were the days. So yeah. going going back to Jeff real quick, I can't mm-hmm. remember now off the top of my head if I told this in the first episode I did of this when I was recording with with uh, my wife, mm-hmm. with Sarah. But I know I didn't tell it in yours, so I'll revisit it real quick. So Jeff, after not seeing him for so long. Sarah and I were out on Valentine's Day for, you know, at an Italian restaurant, a nice one in Beverly for dinner. And who sits down at the table right next to us but Jeff? Oh, my God. And he looks, oh, man. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. And he goes, wow, <laughs> Chipman, I would have thought you would have been in jail by now or something. And yeah. I said I was thinking the exact same thing same about thing. you, man. <laughs> Do you, um, around that time, we also hired Ed. Oh, yeah. Ed, who tried to sell me Cutco kitchen knives. and Ed tried to sell people Cutco kitchen knives at the register, so would you... I don't even know how he segued that. Like, hey, but I mean, unless they came up with, like, Friday the 13th. Or... <laughs> or, or Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> or Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands, right? There's a very few, you know, like... There's a, there's only a few, a handful of horror movies. Um, what's the one with... Was it Kevin Costner that's got... Um, it's got a giant knife on the cover, but it's supposed to look like a sail on a boat. Oh, yeah. What the hell right? is the name of that? I know what oh you're talking God. about. Oh, my God. it had um, Michelle Pfeiffer, I think. Is that Dead Calm? I forget. But, yeah. Like, those are, like, the five movies that you could possibly segue into selling someone brand new cutlery. And he, he did. Was, he was going into employee <laughs> accounts and getting their home phone numbers and soliciting yes, them. Yes, he was. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, he ended up leaving. Um, yes, he did. He <laughs> left. Um, he left. He got left, and it, it sucked because he was he was a good kid. He, he was, was actually a, a really good employee, and he was you a know, good guy. He was awesome. He was a great guy. But I remember um, when he started calling around to the various employees. I think that's kind of one of the things that was a big. You don't see that nowadays with like proper HR applications. You can't pull up an employee account if you're a regular employee and just, like, get all their info. But, like, well, you know, th- Blockbuster, it was a rental it, account that became employee it, Yeah, exactly. It was just a rental account, so you could mm-hmm. get any info you could get off of somebody's regular rental account. Yeah. So, um, quintessentially, I also found out that the guy who originally owned Blockbuster used so- uh, worked out of Texas, and he used a bunch of software for i think it was waste management companies there was a waste management company yes guy that it was invested as yeah. well and he was a database creator and that's where all of this came from but anyhow um so yeah ed did that and uh scott called me and was like dude when ed comes in have him come out back i'm like okay he's like remove him from the system i'm like oh god so i go over and i remove ed from the system and then ed comes up and he goes to sign in and he can sign in and he tries again and he tries again and um, I'm just like, Ed, I think you got to go see Scott. He's in the manager's room. And he's like, oh, okay. And he goes out back, and Scott has the conversation with him, and Ed leaves. Um, and I felt really bad because I'm the one who removed him from the system. And uh, years later, like five or six years later, I go over to a friend's house, and I walk in, 
and apparently Ed is like best friends with my friend, That's my friend's funny. nephew, right? And there's Ed. I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing here? And he's like, hey, man, how you doing? And want to um, buy some cutco? No, no, he didn't do that anymore. But we, we, you know, we we shook hands. He was like, dude, and he's talking to my my friend's nephew, and he's like, this was one of the best managers we had. Like Paul was, oh. and I'm like, and I'm like. I'm the guy who removed you from the system, but it was under orders. So it, I felt really, really bad, but he was, he was a good kid, but yes, he was selling people Cutco knives. Um, you know, what can you do for people who are soliciting services? Let's not forget the mayor of China. Oh, the mayor of China. Do you remember the mayor of China? Yeah, I think Steve and I talked about <sighs> the mayor of China. Oh my God. Did Steve mention how he left little business cards around the wall, like the new release wall that no. said, no, he left these. He was a personal trainer, bodyguard, and nude model. Oh my God. I threw up in my mouth right. a little bit. Now, we, we should probably describe this for your listeners. This man was like 57. He was probably five foot five, had a porn stash, wore trucker hats, and... I don't think he had really much hair at the top, but he was all party in the back. Yes. And he used so much orange fake tan, he made our current president look like a liberal. And, um, like, you'd go to shake his hands, and he would have calluses on his hands. They weren't calluses. They were just where the mahogany stain had the shellac, as it were, had solidified. The shellac. The the nude model thing got me. The nude model, like, after everything, the body, because he was obsessed with karate. This is a 57-year-old white dude who is obsessed with karate. And he would say that he went around to a bunch of different places. He knew Bruce Lee, which, um, no. But anyways, uh, and he told us at one point that he was over in China, and because of his martial arts skills, they liked him so much they made him the mayor of China. Yes. Which... I'm fairly certain that most of the people that are listening can operate a computer and therefore know that China is not a city. Yeah, um, nor, nor, it, nor, a, nor do their cities have mayors. It's, it's a fucking country, right? And um, so when he said that to me, he's like, I was made the mayor of China. I was like, and I'm the queen of France. And But he used to wander around the store looking for full-size cutouts, you know, the movie promo cutouts. And he would ask every time he came in to the point where at one point, you know, we had that break in and someone had sledgehammered the glass door in the front, which they replaced swiftly for us. But what they didn't replace quickly for us was when someone sledgehammered the manager room door, which is where we kept the safe and all the back stock, which there wasn't really any back stock. It was just boxes of crap that need to eventually get thrown away. And the employee bathroom, which we couldn't use anymore because... We weren't allowed. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so... The employee bathroom that had, like, old Amrays shoved in the toilet. Yeah, because we couldn't have that anymore because of that stupid theft problem where someone stole, like, 100 copies of Jiggly, which is totally a shipping issue because they were consecutive part numbers. But never mind. Why use logic? Anyhow, so the mayor of China... I don't, I don't know if I ever told you this. So they, the, the person who broke in sledgehammered the manager door. So the doorknob was missing. There was a giant friggin' shark bite in the side of this door. Did we so talk our about solution? Wait, did we talk about this break in the last time? Because you were know. the first responder to it, right? 
I was the only responder to it. Yeah. Because <laughs> someone, um, someone took a crowbar to one of the drawers, and that drawer tried to. always had that bend in it from when they tried to get to it. Yeah, but they couldn't. They, they bent the crowbar. They actually smashed the monitor. And, and it was um, always... I think we did talk about this. And yeah. it was always... we did. It was always interesting because that was the only register that had a drawer left in it accidentally. Yeah, it wasn't accidentally. She did it consistently. That yes. was Manager X. That's, that was but, Manager um, X. Yeah. But anyhow, so yeah, after that break in the guy sledgehammered a giant shark bite out of the door. So we didn't have a way of actually locking the back room. And after a burglary, that's kind of scary. Our quick and easy solution was let's just stack a bunch of boxes in front of it. So <laughs> we would go out back, move the boxes, move the boxes back, close the door with the giant friggin' hole in it. And then count the cash, because yep. that's safe. That's totally safe. So one day there's a knock at the door. And now we were using the um, the shave and a haircut. The dun, 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 dun. And then we would know that it was the That person. was the employee knock. That was the employee knock. Well, the friggin' mayor of China knew the knock. So I opened the door, which is clearly missing a handle and a lock. <laughs> and there's the mayor of China, and he's like... Do you have any of those uh, cardboard... Co- I'm like, no! <laughs> Close the door. Oh my god, he was such a creep. Oh my god. Do you remember when Scott decided he would test the, <laughs> test the fire extinguisher? No. Oh, I remember boy. when the I remember when the fire <laughs> extinguisher in Woburn, when Scott and I were working there, went off. I need to talk about this with Scott. And it went off at like 6 p.m. on a Friday night. And corporate told us we had to stay open until 11. I'm like, this is a health hazard. This is a chemical fire extinguisher. It just went off in the store. Scott tried to... I think it was Scott tested it because he wasn't sure if it was still working. Because it was outdated as all hell. Oh, grand. And he's just like goosh and there's just white powder all over and that was the horror section at the time i'm pretty sure yeah that was the horror section of the time there's just white powder all over and i think like calling at the time pitched a fit Ugh. Like, oh my god and we're like mm, yeah we gotta vacuum that <laughs> oh we had a lot of stupid things that we did like um when we got the uh, i thought it was direct tv but i guess you said it was dish network yeah, we had DirecTV at the store, but Dish eventually bought Blockbuster. And I don't know oh, if they became okay. the same company or not. Uh, so anyways, when we had DirecTV at the store, that large TV and kiosk faced the windows. That's, because all Blockbusters were the windows. I watched all the 9-11 coverage on that TV. Yeah. Um, well, one day, one of our employees decided to... I We had... Um, I forget the guy's name, but I'm fairly certain he was the... And I use air quotes here, and this is this is sad. He was a recovering um, air quotes heroin addict. Yeah, the one that knocked somebody up and then three disappeared, didn't come in for work, and then three weeks later we found it and knocked up a sixteen year old. Yeah, yeah, him. So he was there watching TV with I think it was it might have been Churchill, it might have been one of the other guys. So we had all of the channels, uh, and by all of the channels i mean the kind of things that you would not find at a blockbuster because it's a family institution that was when um you and i watched the bear wench project after closing one day. <laughs> yes but um 
Yeah, was that there? Did they turn that on? I didn't turn that on. No, the Bear Winch Project was on Cinemax. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure the other guys, when I they put on, like, legit hardcore porn. Like, the Playboy Network was going on, which isn't really hardcore porn. No, it's it hardcore for Blockbuster. It's, it's hardcore for Blockbuster. And they're both sitting there staring at it. And I walked out to put the, like, get the drawers and doing the balancing paperwork. And I just look up and there's, like, fucking people fucking. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and there are customers returning videos, stopping and staring at that screen. And I'm like, we're going to die. Yeah. I'm like, what do you do? <laughs> oh, that's like, hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Do you remember when we had that one guy who figured out that the anti-theft um, mirrors were something that you could look down someone's shirt with? Oh, I do remember that. I, yeah. I It took me a little bit to figure it out, mainly because I'm like, why does so-and-so keep... I mean, we knew he followed all pretty ladies around. We knew this. Yeah. But then I, I, one and, day. And he'd, and he'd go and whisper in your ear when they walked in the door. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I'd break that in half. And you'd be like, all right, right? stop. Like, stop. All right, all right, I don't need to hear about that. Like, you're older than me and I'm younger than you. Please don't. Um, and, no, um... dude. So, so to describe to people what you're talking about. So for, for those of you that remember going into a blockbuster, the, the perimeter main wall. perimeter new release wall had 45-degree mirrors, mirrors at the top. So those of us working up in the pits could look back and see if anybody was stealing stuff or if, you know, anybody was out Locking on the floor, or, you know, just so you yeah. get a view of the building. and um, Which this is still commonly done today in a lot yes. of retail establishments. However, but there was an employee, employee that, that understood that he could figured out follow that attractive he, women around. If he pretty much got about three to five feet behind that person at a 27 degree angle you have a perfect view of top down of anybody wearing anything that's considerably low cut now i couldn't yeah. figure out what the hell he was doing because you know i've got a guy wandering around staring at the ceiling i'm like that's kind of friggin odd but holding hold hold them up right leaning and on the I mop look, and then i look and he looks at me, and he's like, ha, ha, ha. And then he points to his eyes and points to the mirror and points, like, to his... And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to get I'm still, I'm still friends with him on Facebook. I think I need to get him on this thing. I... I mean, it was ingenious. It was definitely ingenious, but it was also like, oh my god, I feel so dirty because I'm at a party to this. Well, he was, he was like special teams, so he worked at Pep Boys all day. Yeah. And then would come in at 9.30 at night yeah. and close the store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he was awesome at it. But he was he was a character. Awesome at it. <laughs> he was a character. Um, okay. You didn't have to close with him that often, I take it. No, he was a character. He was very he was slow. definitely a character. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but he cleaned. Yeah. Yeah. He cleaned. He definitely cleaned. Carried that mop around. Yeah. Um, he, he, yeah. Um, I mean, so, I would have mopped. <laughs> so um usually when, it did when after I, he did when i was doing this with steve the last time he had brought up uh the uh were you th- working with him the night of the um new year's eve um scavenger hunt in salem no uh, no i was not oh, they, but i heard about it did do you, do you remember this um, he ended up having to take some kind of racy picture, right? He took a, so, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll retell it quick. Um, 
you know, because I like redundancy, redundancy, redundant. But mm-hmm. um, I won't retell the whole thing. But basically, there was a scavenger hunt kept coming into the store. And w- everyone was like, oh, this is funny. This is awesome. And then Scott was working. And this really attractive girl came in and said, I need to sit on the lap of the manager and take a photo. And Scott was like, well, that's me. And Steve mm-hmm. goes, oh, man, the next person that comes in, it goes, I, I want to do it. And so the next team, their leader was a big, heavy guy wearing a baby diaper. <laughs> Scott's like, oh yeah, the manager's right over here. <laughs> Do you remember the time that uh, a customer came in and she'd rented a bunch of our favorite director's movies, which is Kevin Smith. Woohoo! And, Speaking um, of that, did you hear they have officially yeah, started production there. on the Jay and Silent Bob reboot? So yep, shit's coming full something. circle, man. I can't believe it, man. I mean, what, what a difference a heart attack can make. Oh yeah. So... Um, anyhow, yeah, so she rented a bunch of really good movies, and Steve, like, was ready to propose. Yes. That was, and I was, I was embarrassed. I was like, Steve, what the hell are you doing? Steve's a character. (laughs) He was funny. He was funny. He was great. Yeah, we had a lot of good times. Um, so yeah, the the break in, I thought yeah. we covered. We didn't cover. That. I th- I think we did. So I I think we, but that that was because that was like your your like in, intro to the company, right? It was, no, oh, no, I have that to was do my what? intro to our new district manager. It was I well, it was kind of funny because you know you would get a call at three in the morning that no one else would pick up, and I was writing a final for college, um, which was due the next day, and. Uh, yeah, I got a call that the front right sensor was out. Come to find out someone had broken the window. Usually the front right sensor goes off anyways because the kids section and, you know, children. The smell of maple syrup and uh, stuffed animals. Maple syrup, pee, and stuffed animals. They move around, you know, they, they get crawling. Uh, they try to crawl away from the stench, I think. All the Disney-themed stuff. But anyhow... Um, you know, so I went in and I drove in at, like, breakneck speed because they knew they were expecting me. And there's no door. So I'm standing there at 3 in the morning um, waiting for someone to call me back. No one woke up. No one called me back until about 6. But, um, yeah, Jeremy had actually dropped off movies. <laughs> which was the, As first, the, which was the first and last time for Jeremy. No, no, no. He used to. He was very good about it. But the funny part was, you know, there's me on one side of the glass and the broken vestibule and the ex-employee at the time because jeremy wasn't wasn't working for us at the time looking at me dropping off movies and i just looked at him like just go away just I'm like no just don't just don't and you could he just like puts the movies into the chute you can hear the thing open and clunk you know did he, and... did he bring you wendy's no he didn't bring me wendy's he disappeared he didn't like <laughs> no one helped me i had to stay awake i i, I remember this very well yeah I had to call um, the like the servicing company that took care of all of our, you know, replacement stuff, and I was like, I don't have a fucking door, and that was the message I basically left them at that point because it was like five in the morning. I'm like, I haven't slept for 24 hours. I've got a final that's due tomorrow. I have to get on the, the train to school. No one showed up, and. Um, when yeah, I, I was like, I don't have a door. Can someone please call me the fuck back? During <laughs> during my fourth, I think it was tenure at Blockbuster. Oh my god! Um, when I worked at um the Swampskit store with Michelle, mm-hmm. I was the closest person to the store, and so I was on the call list. And I mm-hmm. stayed on the call list long after leaving. 
the store. Yes. But what happened was the inner door, the the lock in the slot the lock went in mm-hmm. was really undersized. So yep. if it was really windy out, the inner door would shake and set the alarm off. Oh, wow. <laughs> so here I am like a high school kid. <laughs> no, God, sorry, a college kid out in Lowell. Yeah, getting, getting a call. Getting, getting, getting a call. Because I was the closest person to the store on the three days I worked, which were Friday <laughs> night, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> yeah, um, that was. So I'd have to call Michelle. The freaking thing went off again. She's like, "You got to be fucking kidding me." Do you Do you remember when I don't know if you were there when my key broke off in the door? Yep, I it remember just broke that. like clink, and I'm like, "Well, now how the hell do we get in?" I remember that. <laughs> It was like three. It was it was after a Wendy's run, a Denny's run. Yes. So we were out. It was like the ass crack of dawn. The sun was coming up, and I'm like, "Oh, do we do we do this?" And I went in to make sure the alarm was set, and I turned the key, and the key comes off in my hand, and I'm like, "Oh no! <laughs> How are we going to get in?" That's so funny. Yeah, it was. It was. Those those Denny's runs were hysterical. Oh, they were great. Because it's like a zoo. You know, you I was I was talking to Janine the, the other night about how she always saw us when we came in because she was working yep. there at the time. Yep, she did. And they had that amazing waitress that had one arm who was yeah. better than... Like, she was just incredible. She would remember your order. Yeah, she was incredible. We'd sit down, she'd come over the the carafe of cherry coke for Jeremy. For Jeremy. Carafe for cherry Jeremy. coke. And, cheese fries um, covered smothered, smothered. Cheese fries. French slam covered smothered. Another mm-hmm. order of cheese fries covered smothered. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I would always have like a diet Pepsi. And the lady would give him the sign of the cross before she brought it out. Yes, because we were always afraid he was going to die of a heart attack right then and there. We had our own special table. Mm-hmm. And um, we'd all. It was always interesting because once a month the Rocky Horror Crew would be there too. About the time we got oh, there. Oh God. Well, sometimes it's Rocky Horror Crew. Sometimes it was just kids from Salem who, you know, yeah. were just back from their goth poetry slam. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was like, oh, God. Well, because it was nuts, right? We'd, we'd sometimes, you know, you'd work at, yeah, you'd close. You'd go over to Hollywood Hits and see a 1 a.m. movie. And mm-hmm. then everyone would end up at Denny's. Yep. So what, um... I don't know if we went into, you know, this is a, I, I keep saying to myself, this is a podcast about a video store and our stories are very non-movie centric, which I always yes. like. Um, but what, um, what were some of like the, I know we talked about, you know, the people returning homemade porn and we mm-hmm. talked about toilet treats mm-hmm. and um, I've since, I don't know if you've listened to the episodes um, later on, but I had a guy that worked at a porn store on. <laughs> no, I didn't catch yep. that one. That was awesome. And um, <laughs> I, I had a guy that worked in a porn store, and I had a guy that worked for Game Crazy, which was okay. the GameStop-style video rental store, video sales store, sorry, that existed inside Hollywood Video. Oh, wow. Right? How weird is that? And then I had a guy on from Movie Gallery. Um, okay. So we kind of had the competition on, right? That, that's been yeah. really, it's been really cool. But I was going to say is what were in, in your time period there, some of the big releases you remember or like movies that people were just apeshit crazy over that we never had in, you know, that cause that we, you know, we were there during the time of the guaranteed new release. I guaranteed mm-hmm. my ass, you know, I mean? uh, American beauty was a big one. Oh, American yeah, beauty pissed, was a big one. That pissed a lot of people off too. Yes. But I have to say, I think one of my favorites was Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, because we had all the signs up, and we had a corner of the damn store devoted. So we had four bays, which, 
for normal people, I'd say a bay is about a yard. So we had four fucking yards. Yeah, just, it was Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. It was one yard wide, eight feet high. Okay. Yep. Soft as we a downy had... chick. Cluck, cluck. Oh, <laughs> we, we had a sign hanging from the damn ceiling. There were, like, at eye height, there were, like, plastic stands that said Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. On he was the best feet. he bitch in my man's stable. Well, here's the thing. I was putting away movies, and I was probably three or four bays back. So I was I was approaching the area, and this girl staring at the display. She turns around to me and goes, Do you have Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo? And I kind of just lifted my hand, pointed, and went, ah. I I had never been that amazed at how. Hey, Paul, like, dude. That's when I. <laughs> dude, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. Do you have anything by the Clash at Demon Head? Like, Did you check under mark. the Clash at Demon Head? <laughs> uh, it's it's very much like that. I just I at that point I learned that most consumers immediately turn their brains off when they go anywhere. Like the moment you hear that ding, hi, how are you? Brain dead, and they're just like, oh, can right. can you guys vulcanize my tires while I wait yet? You guys don't know anything. <laughs> it's it's absolutely insane. But there was that. I don't really remember much else. Um, because it was a long, long time ago. It was a long, long time ago in a galaxy yeah. far, far away. It was. It was. Um, I um. There was really I'm trying. That I'm trying to th- that ever came out I'm trying us. to think if I was there when Pearl Harbor was released to buy to rent, because Pearl Harbor was a double wide VHS back when we were. Because when you and I started oh, there, it was yeah. primarily a VHS store. And I yeah. remember there was some movie, maybe it was Pearl Harbor, maybe it was Gods and Generals. I think it was Pearl Harbor. That we had an entire two huge. bays of double VHS. Yep. And running those were just insane. It was a pain in the ass because they were a weird shape. I remember when the company later on, when we had DVDs and they realized that it was a joke throughout the whole company to uh, oh do God. tape running contests, that they had the cart. Were you there during the cart? No, they had a cart. So they had a cart, and you weren't allowed to carry stacks of tapes on your own. You had to push the cart around the store. And the cart had lines drawn on it of how long and quantity of movies you know, could go on, which section was for games and which section was for movies. So you could hand them to people as they walked around on the floor and asked for the new releases. And you had trivia cards and a little lanyard around your neck in case the lines were too long. So you were rodeo clown. Oh my God, it was fucking terrible, dude. You were rodeo clown. And you carried around, you know, um, uh, rewards program memberships mm-hmm. to offer people and direct TV packages to discuss out in the store. Yeah. Oh, God. That's yeah, that got really weird. I remember going to a training thing where they went through all of it. It was like a blockbuster grab-ass team build um, right oh, around the time boy. the company was getting ready to die. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was like right after Paramount sold them. Ugh. Yeah. Well, Viacom. Viacom, Viacom, sorry. Viacom. I ended up working for Summer, Sumner Redstone again when yes, I worked you, for the movie Yes, theater. you did. Yes, I did, and that was his flagship favorite theater. They ripped you, off Chunkies as well. You worked there with Bob Movie Bob Chipman. I did, I did. Unfortunately, I not unfortunately, but unfortunately, both of us had to work there. I did my best to try and shelter your brother from the insanity. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and then you both also both ended up working for the other blue and gold the evil giant. The big box, yes, that <laughs> big box store. And again, I tried to do my best, but, you know, I mean, it was good because your brother's always been opinionated. And, you know, unfortunately, the people that we were working with were not really, um, well, they weren't the brightest bulb in the silverware door. So so back back, back to Blockbuster before we get into the other stores. I think mm-hmm. there's probably some good stories there. Yeah, okay. What was your favorite thing that you recommended somebody that you knew they were just going to hate and you just took joy in it anyway? I don't know. I'd ask them specifically what they were looking for and then give them something the opposite if they really pissed me off. Because there was a lady so. that came in super angry about what was it? She came in super angry about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> and there was something about um, how it was too obscure and she needed a movie that was less obscure and grounded. And I said, oh, well, you should really watch his Fight Club. It's got Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. Oh, I know them. And I'm like, hey, this is going to be fun. <laughs> and she ended up loving it. Well, you know, sometimes that happens. But I really, I never really did the subversive thing. I would usually let, like, you know, Tim or your brother or Jeremy. Well, it's just when they um, had a, when they that. had a completely ridiculous complaint. It was always fun to like come up with something fun. Do you remember when we had the magazine racks? Do I remember when WWF magazine got banned because it had scantily clad women in it and a customer complained? I remember that. Oh, it wasn't WWF. It was Sports Illustrated. They it was the swimsuit issue, and um, this Dude, woman walked in. We used to sell Maxim. I know, but, like, this woman walked in, and she was turning the magazines to face the wrong way, and I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, she grabbed her sweater, and she just kind of, like, at the shoulders and kind of, like, wrapped it around her even further, and she was just kind of, like, her legs were crossed. It looked like she had to pee. And I'm like, is there something wrong? Are you having a grand mal seizure? And she's <laughs> like, I can't believe you show this filth. And I'm like, she's in a bikini. Like, have you seen the 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 red shoe diaries? <laughs> Hell, have you seen you know, American I'm Pie? Like, this isn't that bad. I, there's a lot worse stuff out there. I I was I was taken aback because I'm like, what? Okay, all right, Ms. Prude, whatever. But uh, it was weird because it was like the one where the girl was in like a crocheted bikini. I remember, I remember that. that, and I was like, well, that's just stupid and useless. You know, but I was kind of surprised by that. I didn't think that, you know, people like that owned VCRs, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> didn't think people like that owned VCRs. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think they were allowed out of the house. They couldn't use electricity. Everything had to be done by horse and buggy. So, That's oh my awesome. God, speaking of electricity, I used to love it when the power would go out. And people would fill up our parking lot because they would have nothing to watch because the cable was out. Oh I'm my like, God, you we can't watch rent- anything. There's no electricity. We had to rent by hand. <laughs> we had the hand ledgers. Remember that? Yes. Yes. And so they like, were. It was cash watch? only. We we brought out the petty petty cash box, and yeah. um, we had to write down their account number. So they actually had to have their card on them. We couldn't look it up because who carried their freaking card? No one ever did. Do you remember when yep. we had those like very important customers that were still allowed to have the VG accounts that didn't have credit cards on them? Oh yeah. The employee only accounts. They were like yeah, they were like ex employees. Why do you need to have my credit card? Um, because yeah, you're gonna steal from me. You're gonna steal everything. 
the D bowls. We'd sit there. D bowl, T bowl, and S bowl. You know, and I found out uh, in my research earlier today, actually, that we got after we struck that deal with Paramount, those movies weren't as expensive as we were charging people. Oh, absolutely for. not. Absolutely they weren't like not. seventy dollars or ninety nine dollars. They were like five bucks. Yep. So, yeah. And I used to, we used to go through and actually manually charge people's accounts if they kept them out for too long and didn't bring them back or there was a problem. And I remember I did a D-bell one day. I did a hold on my own checking account because I wanted to see how much was in there. And I didn't realize that, um, yeah, it holds it for five days. So I, like, legitimately got paid and froze that money for a week. I, like, couldn't eat. Oh, Jesus. That was great. That was a fun time. Karen's like, eh. Like, uh, when does it fall off? They're like, we don't know. <laughs> so, do you, do you remember the um the the makeshift like special ordering system we had that I'm not really sure how it ever worked because it was all done by hand. Where you'd like no. you'd put it in like an envelope and it would get sent out and then magically like six months later the movie the people wanted showed up. Oh yeah, yeah. Did we? I thought we were able to do it by computer. Eventually. Hmm. Because you could go and, you mean, everything had a, like, a Blockbuster corporate part number to it. Yeah. So you could try to order, you know, out-of-print Disney movies and stuff, and they'd show up. It was really weird. Oh, that's cool. You, I you could also print. influence the favorites section. Yes. Based on... By ordering them. ...what you special ordered. So if, like, yep. we wanted, like, the company to start sending us more Godzilla movies, we could just special order or a bunch. Or anime. We did that with yep. anime. Yep. Yep. That was fun. It was such a weird way that their inventory system worked. Well, it was actually kind of ingenious because apparently each inventory was specialized for the community it was put in. It, it was. I remember going and helping the Lynn store out, and the new release wall was completely different in the... Um, mm-hmm. I won't call it shovelware. That would be a negative name for it. But in the um, the demographic movies, like, you know, up in Salem, we got a lot of, like, occult and, like, horror and, like, witch-related stuff, because it's Salem, mm-hmm. and then in Lynn, they'd get, you know, 55 Fast and the Furious knockoffs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know? Um, yeah. And it was it was really interesting how, how it worked out. And then, you know, in Peabody, I don't know, they'd get, you know, rich white kids punching each other in the something throat. Something waspy. Yeah, something really so. waspy. And then in Swampskit, you know, they just got, you know... More waspy. Yeah, and, and extra copies of Schindler's <laughs> List. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that was always a fun, fun kind of thing to see what other places had. But and then you'd always compare like, oh, what what generation is this store? Or oh yeah, oh, what what's this? You know, oh, they have a drop safe. Ugh. Oh fucking! Remember when we finally got the drop safe? I was not there for that. I was not there for that. I was so happy. I was not in the manager's pit safe that would mm-hmm. beep every ten minutes. Oh fucking! Ugh. Yep, I had to deal with that when I babysat that Gen 2 store, and it was so horrendous that they actually would keep money in a separate locked drawer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that t- completely defeats the purpose of having it. But they could have also, like, I don't know, made the beep a little louder <laughs> or something. It was so obnoxious. Remember yeah. the manual upcoming release board that they'd send, like, you'd, you'd think they would just make it, like, dry erase, but no, they'd actually send the, like, um, lithograph, like, 
black on clear slips for the different movies coming oh, up yeah. to slide in it. Yeah, they would. They would to keep it looking like a marquee. Oh my god. Do you remember god. when we were, when we messed up the number for the DM so that no one could call her? Yep. 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 <laughs> that was Scott's idea. That was. <laughs> Just change one number. They'll never yeah, know. Reverse it. They'll never figure it They'll out. Throw that thing down, flip it and reverse it. Exactly. It was a good time. Meow, 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 meow. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, um, we uh, we're doing good here, man. Um, yeah. What else? What else strikes your fancy? You want to you want to tell any showcase or big box related stories? Oh God. Of well, the, of the, the big after, box of the after times. <laughs> the after times were uh, ugh, um, not really. I mean, there was the I don't know if you remember the 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 display for Dumb and Dumberer. I do. Yeah, it was it was the progress it was the what was it called the progression of man or something yep. like that, and um, so we had that and we had a guy who was tearing tickets that we used to have to send on timeouts like a five year old. Mm. Bob primarily tore tickets because, um, it was just it, it was it was kind of that way Bob could be on his own. And yeah, he didn't mind it, you know exactly. Um, but. Uh, this this was the night when it wasn't Bob. We had someone else, and uh, someone literally the the I should say figuratively, but no, it was literal. The progression of man, Dumb and Dumberer, was right behind him. Someone stole the monkey. Watch the monkey get hurt. No, they just stole the monkey, and it was like three feet away from this kid, who was just not paying attention. Um, and one of the managers actually followed the person who stole the monkey because she's like, why are they leaving with a monkey? And she followed them out into the parking lot and they put them in their pickup truck and there was like a monkey hand hanging out. And she's like, you know, that's mine, right? You know how much that costs? We have to return it to the company, which is kind of crazy, but you do. You have to return them to the damn movie company. Um, what was really funny was this is the same kid who literally had someone pass out, like walk out of the women's room and just drop nearly dead. Hmm. <laughs> And he didn't even notice. Your job is to tear a ticket, but when there's no one there, you're supposed to look around and make sure nothing's going horribly wrong and no one's dying. Oh my God. Um, yeah, we had uh, we had a lot of fun experiences there. There was um, there was this really nice kid who was a cashier, unassuming, nicest person in the world, and he said, um, "Enjoy your show to someone," or "Thank you, enjoy your show." This person was a fresh out of the hospital schizophrenic who heard voices. And what he heard this very nice young man say was, F U U F N G U. Oh, grand. Now, the funny part was the, the. The cashier was Jewish. That was the ironic part. Like, the kid came from a Jewish family. But this guy lunged over the table at him and proceeded to beat him in the face. So. That was like one of the, you know, I, there was like some, it was completely random. I had another usher that worked underneath me that she was cleaning uh, the main hallway. I mean, the main lobby, she was taking care of like some portion of the tables and a person reached out and grabbed, like it was, a, it was, it was again, someone who was a little off but apparently had like superhuman strength because she grabbed onto her hair like her hair in a ponytail and nearly ripped it off her head so like just random customers trying to murder you was a day in day out thing um i watched a gang fight happen in our lobby 
Oh, Jesus. Uh, they, well, we used to stand out front having cigarettes and say, you know, don't wear colors inside. And they were pretty respectful. But this group, somebody mouthed off. And they literally threw the kid through the glass at the pretzel booth. Plate glass. Just fuck him through. And um, he went on to the pretzel, though, and then went back for more. And they were, like, rolling tables over each other. We broke that fight up because they took out one of our guards. We had armed guards. I remember that. that. Mm-hmm. Jesus, and they, they have knew... booze there now, dude. Yeah, I know. I know. I visited a while back, and one of my ushers uh, is their bartender. Oh, he right, remembered me. Yeah, he remembered me. I used to be his boss. Um, but it was a very interesting time. Um, very, very strange place run by a lot of stupid politics that don't make sense. Hey, that um, sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there I learned to manage people's skill sets. Like, I really, I knew from Blockbuster that if you give someone a job they enjoy, they're going to do it better. This one, I kind of use that because they never, I mean, I, I signed up to be an usher because I didn't want to handle food. I was going bald. And, um, you know, I didn't want to get hair in things. It's kind of gross. And they're like, why aren't you an usher? Or they're like, why aren't you a food service person? And I'm like, well, because I don't want to handle food. And they're like... Oh, usually they put the people they don't trust with money or the people that aren't that bright as ushers. And I'm like, oh, good. So I herded cats for a living for a while there. Um, but it was cool because we got free movies and free soda. <laughs> um, it was fun. And it was, it was a tight-knit group of people. And you kind of... What I thought was really cool about that place is if you throw a party and you're around a bunch of people at work and what you do habitually is clean or make food and then clean up after yourself because you're constantly like in food service you're always doing that um you can have whatever kind of party you want it will wind up cleaner than it started yeah because i had like my 21st birthday party and i invited a bunch of people up there and we were drinking like we were having a blast it was actually probably more like my 25th and um, i remember someone spilled a beer and then there were like five other people from the stand just wiping it up. And I'm like, this is insane. I walked out front. My friend was mopping the front deck. I'm like, why are you doing that? And she's like, because it's dirty. And I'm like, honey, that mop is older than you. Why don't you come inside? It's raining. But this is all I know how to <laughs> this do. This is all I can do. She was, one of, she was a sad drunk. But we had um, a lot of fun. And then, you know, the big box store happened after that. And that was another cult of personality, let me tell you. Um, interesting times there. Interesting times there. You know, when you have a manager that gets um, terminated because they did something really inappropriate in the manager's booth, which had oh. not the manager's booth. I worked in the manager's booth. The manager's booth was, there was another room called the sales development room. And that's where they kept the safe and they did the countdowns and everything. And it had a bunch of cameras because of the safe and doing the countdowns of drawers and things. And apparently one of the managers decided to have her way with one of the supervisors there on camera. And then she realized she was on camera. So then she had another employee go and try to pull the security tape. When they discovered the security tape missing, they came down hard on everybody. No pun intended. Um, that was a fun time. That, that was a fun time. Wow. Yeah. There was a lot of like crazy stuff. Your brother just basically kept to himself, which was a wise decision. Yes, he uh, did. 
Yeah. He, he ended up there, <laughs> and then he ended up a barista at Borders Books for a while. I remember like that, too. Starbucks. Well, he told me about the... Um... The mother loaf at Panera, didn't he? The mother loaf, yeah. Which is oh not as God. which after I grew up and talked to people that have worked as like chefs, that's not as strange sounding. But it's just the, you know they everybody that the like cooks loaf. bread has a mother has a mother. Oh, strain. I know, I but, know they got a mother strain. But but, but hearing like, like Panera, do you guys magic. want do you guys want to meet mother? I know, right? That's like, kind what? of we're going to bring in a piece of mother every morning and distribute it amongst the store. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, okay. Kinda... It kind of reminds me of, like, you know, the Nostromo. Oh, Jesus. You know? <laughs> like, his mother the Bane frame? But, oh, my no, God. No, I mean, it's, it was um, it was weird. But, you know, Bob, it was always nice to see Bob there, you know? Because it was like, if I need to know anything about movies, I got Bob right there, so that's cool. Yeah, but it, was just, it, was... it was just another place trying to knock down your individuality. I mean, he... Oh, yeah. He, he did the same thing there that him and Tim used to do at Blockbuster where they'd write, mm-hmm. you know, reviews for things and put them out on a table and do employee picks. And mm-hmm. corporate didn't like that, even though people would come in specifically looking to talk to those guys. Yeah, you know, corporate I, didn't like anything, though, because didn't like individuality. in flux. I mean, they, they shuffled management three times while I was there. And then after I saved them lots and lots and lots and lots of money on the bottom line. Uh, after I left, they ended up torching the entire management crew because none of them reported it because they were doing some things that were not correct. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I got out at the right time. But it was still like, it was this crazy cult of personality where if you didn't fit in, basically it was like an Abercrombie and, like Abercrombie and Fitch staff were in the TVs. You had to have the pretty people back there. And then you had to have the cute girls in cameras because the cute girls are in cameras to sell to the husband's to get cameras for their wives and then computers you kind of had to know your shit but most some of them didn't most of my guys in computers knew their shit the geek squad was awesome because we were all like i had a couple programmers from when the dot-com boom popped so we were the number one in the country for a long time so we had a lot of clout there and my role was specifically for that area but you see a lot of crazy shit there as well you know and then customer service always fun always fun oh yeah Mm-hmm. Why can't I return this? Because it's four years old and it has popcorn in it. <laughs> <laughs> and you told me you never used it. Merry Christmas. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I've had a lot of interesting jobs there. But, um, yeah, they were like... It was weird because you you had to be a popular kid to get anything done at the time. Yeah. You know, That's the unfortunate side be... of all of this. Yeah, I mean, like, you didn't have to be a popular kid at the video store. You know? No, we you were... just had to be you. We all just got along with each other. Yeah. That was good. Um, you know, the movie theater was different because you had to be competent, you know, and there, there were a lot of people that weren't. We had one guy who, <laughs> he, um, he was an older gentleman. He had a roommate, but he lived in a Winnebago in our parking lot. <laughs> and then he had a house guest, which I thought was really weird. So he had a girlfriend and a random dude living in his Winnebago. The random dude he like picked up off of, I don't know, the the highway. I have no clue. And you can ask Kristen. Um, oh, because yeah. Because she will confirm this. This dude, ask her about Bernie. Um, one day Bernie's like, I have to go to the bathroom. We're like, okay, Bernie. And he disappears for two hours. So then Bernie finally comes back. Cause we're like, where the hell's Bernie? Like, I've got them checking the cameras, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and Bernie comes in and he's like, oh, and Kristen's like, 
Bernie, where the hell were you? And he's like, oh, well, I had to do number two. And she's like, yeah, but, like, for two hours? He's like, well, I had number two. She's like, we looked everywhere for you. We couldn't find you. We checked the bathrooms. Like, where were you? And he's like, oh, I went home. She's like, I live in, like, Nahant. I can't go home to take a shit. <laughs> but he did. He went back to his house. Like, and it's just, it was the most, he would go on break, he'd disappear for an hour and a half. Like, we had half hour breaks. Like, he was a character. Um, now, went to did home. we work, did you work with Mike and Liz? No, that was right before I came. Okay, so did I tell you I've, about my strange I've, theory I've that met, Mike and Liz... I've met Mike and Liz. I think Mike and Liz worked for me at the movie theater, too. Wow. Yeah, you did. You you told me I'm about that when I came in and sure. saw you at the movie theater once. You're like, I think Mike and Liz work here. I'm not sure. And, like, Bob could confirm that. I think that we need to at some point ask your brother that, because I swear to God, it was the same couple, because we just all hung out, like... I, I would give them cigarette breaks, and they would do anything I asked. So, that sounds like Mike and Liz. Yeah, they were great. But it was it, it was definitely, like, that was kind of surprising. Yeah, I, I've worked at some very interesting, interesting, interesting places. That's so, awesome. Yeah, no. Well, dude, we've, uh, <laughs> we've, we've, it's, it's late. Um, I know. We've, I think we've rocked this one, too. This was awesome. I, 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 I just love talking to you, dude. Oh, it's it's a blast. Um, so so as as we do on every episode of the show, I'm, I'm going to go first and I'm going to come up to the counter with a with a rental. Um, mm-hmm. And my rental for uh, for tonight is um, the uh, uh, late 90s, early 2000s House on Haunted Hill. Ooh, yeah. Nice choice. Um, I've I've been on a horror movie kick and th- that one's popping into my brain. And um, I know you and I have watched it a bunch of times together, even. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, um, I love the hell out of that movie. If, if you're listening to this, it's a bit, a little bit more of a common one than I usually come up with. But if you haven't seen it, they remade House and Haunted Hill, but had Jeffrey Rush, who um, you might know more well as um, Captain Barbosa from the Pirates of the Caribbean films. They had him play a character that was supposed to be Vincent Price's character from the mm. original movies, the original House and Haunted Hill. But instead, he's just doing a caricature of Vincent Price. And and the cool idea they had for this one is that he's like a crazy like nowadays Walt Disney type that owns um, scare parks like he likes to like make theme parks that scare people. And so they start the movie off with people going to try out one of his new roller coasters and the elevator to go up to the top of the roller coaster makes it seem like the elevator is dislodged and they're going to die. And then he has a cart full of people in front of them fall off the coaster and it's just a bunch of dummies, you know, so they set up that this guy's like a trickster and he lives or he has a whole bunch of people at this old um, mental institution that they turn into a house and um, the same story as the original, right? If you can stay here um, overnight and survive, ooh, survive, um, you win, you know, a million dollars or whatever it is. And, you know, there it, it, it's it's very late 90s, early 2000s. The cast is very late 90s, early 2000s. But outside of a third act that's a little bit overly CGI, the movie's scary as shit. Like, I love it, right? You'd have to agree. It, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, it actually definitely had a really neat feel to yeah. it. Um, I, the moment you said that, my first thought was just comparative Crimson, Crimson Peak. Yeah, so would um, that would that be your same your, feeling, your pick like to go along with it? Creepy House, yeah, it goes with it. It definitely does. It was it was. 
I kind of loved the way the architecture was done in both. One was yes. more of like a um, art deco, art deco, and then Crimson Peak is more like Victorian, gothic Victorian. Yeah. yeah. So say along the same line. Good choice. Good choice. I was gonna I was gonna rag on Aquaman, but I'm not gonna do that today. No, go for it. So, oh, are you kidding? Um, okay. You, is, so, that, is that what you're gonna rent? That's you, what I was. Gonna, gonna rent I'm not gonna rent Aquaman. I, I saw it in the theater um, recently, and I have to say. Um, they did manage to make his, I mean, he's one of, he's known as like the lamest DC character. Well, Aqu- Aquaman if, he is, talks is the silliest fish. superhero in existence. He talks to fish. They managed to find not one, but two brilliant instances where talking to fish actually is A, appropriate, and B, really kick ass. Um, the second of them, however, was a bit of a deus ex machina. And the other thing that got me was um, his sidekick happens to have red flowing hair. Yep. And wears a green scaly jumpsuit. And I literally turned to the person watching the movie with me. And I was like, look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? And I started singing. <laughs> so I would start to randomly throw in like things from The Little Mermaid just to annoy the hell out of the first who took me to see the movie so that's amazing but it was you know it's a really good flick if it's lighthearted, don't expect much but um it's very it's awkwardly true to parts of the comic too cool and no like like in some parts you're like why but in other parts um you know it's a popcorn flick it's a superhero flick for a guy so, who can talk to fishes so and if, oh 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 one other thing I'm sorry, I forgot to say. Nicole Kidman actually emotes. That's awesome. So, so unlike the rest of her career, where she basically just plays a cardboard cutout of herself, she actually manages to show emotion. So, I was very impressed. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, so my my um, if if you were to you know tell me you were gonna see Aquaman, or if you were to rent Aquaman, if it was available mm-hmm. to rent, I have an obvious tie-in with it. But then I have mm-hmm. one that's a little less obvious, so I'm going to do them both. So the first, if you haven't seen it, is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is in theaters right now. Have you seen it? No, I have not. It is, and, and I'll, I'll go on the record as saying this now. I said it on my last podcast with Bob. It's the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Hmm. And there's a lot of good ones, but it, it, it's even better than Spider-Man 2. Why well, tie-in for that? What? <laughs> I have a tie-in for that, too. And it could very well be the best superhero movie I've ever seen. And you, being an artist, need to see it. The art style in this freaking movie is incredible. It, mm. it just needs to be seen on a big screen to be beheld. But the the tie-in that I was going to say, and I don't know if you've... I think you said you've seen this movie, but I'll do it anyway. And then if you're confused as to how it ties into Aquaman, I'll tell you. Um, is Upgrade. Have you seen Upgrade? I saw Upgrade. Did you like Upgrade? I loved it. I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. Cool. Upgrade's one of my favorites of the year. And do you know how it ties in with Aquaman? Um, I can't really think of anything. So it's directed and written by Leigh Whannell. And, okay. and Leigh Whannell is the um, writer of Saw. And um, the director of Saw is James Wan, who directed Aquaman. Oh. Okay, there you go. And so Aquaman went through its first weekend and it made like, you know, half a billion dollars in its first weekend. And so Leigh Whannell shares to James Wan on Twitter... Um, and I love this anecdote. I've told it a few times, even on these podcasts, but I just think it's great. Hey, about that 40 bucks you owe me. 
<laughs> but he retweets the Aquaman, James Wan and Aquaman make $500 million for about that 40 nice. bucks you owe me, buddy. <laughs> oh, so another tie-in to an older, um, well, it might actually have more been for Superman, but DC Universe is William Defoe's in it, in Aquaman. Yes. Oh, is he? And yes. And I, when he came on, I'm watching him and I'm like, I just want him to throw pumpkins at people. <laughs> and start cackling. I just want him to. He was so freaking good as Green Goblin. Yes, he was. And I just kept saying, I'm like, wait a minute. What if they put the two of them in the same? Oh, no. So I don't know if they would, but if there's ever like a crossover, like it could be very confusing. Wow. So, <laughs> so and I kind of thought like, what did he, he must have signed a contract with them. But anyhow, um, yeah, so I guess that's that. I did also see Bumblebee. It was amazing. Yeah, Bumblebee looks really good. It's, it sounds so good, and it's making no money. Do you know Bumblebee? Oh, that's so sad. Bumblebee is directed by Travis Knight, who is one of the heads of Laika. He directed Paranorman and Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, and this really? is his. This is his first time directing human beings, as far he as did I a know. Great job. Yeah, yeah. He, great job. I'm. I'm really happy for him um and i i I guess the movie's incredible and i really want to see it it's really really good and i think it's kind of um the main character that it fluctuates around the human is a female uh which is awesome right um the other cool thing about it is they do give you a glimpse of rc nice yeah it's very it's much um it's good to see it branch out because Transformers weren't just for boys, like they shouldn't be. Exactly. So, no, I completely agree. You know, uh, I, I think I think that's genius. All right, so I'm getting really tired. Okay, um, me but too. This, but this was awesome. Um, so thank thank you again, Paul, for now um, no putting up problem. with me two times in a row. Um, <laughs> not in a row. Thanks for having me. Thirty-seven times in a row. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, don't suck any dick on your way back to the parking lot. No, I'll try not to. Um, no, yeah, he's right. But um. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, as always, um, thank you all for making it a Talkbuster night or day. And please be kind, rewind. And if you don't know what that means, um, sorry for you. All right, have a good night. <laughs>